before I do anything, thank you, thank you, thank you, Destiny Church, Pastor, Pastor Bell, and every one of you who knew me as this hyper little kid, and you put up with all the stuff. Thank you for loving on me. Thank you for opening your doors to me. And I am so privileged to be here today to speak on a topic that unifies us all. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Great Commission. This is a familiar topic, but it's one of those topics that can slip from our hearts when the busyness of life begins to weigh in. When budgets are due, when things have to be done, sometimes in life, whether you're in ministry or you work somewhere else, the Great Commission is this, it's a universal tie that calls us all to be about our Father's business. Your title doesn't matter. Where you are doesn't matter. You can fulfill the Great Commission right in your hometown. For some of you, God has called you to go across the world to fulfill the Great Commission. And that is amazing, and we celebrate that. But I also celebrate the mom who stays at home and fulfills the Great Commission with her children. I want to celebrate the dad who goes to work every day and, and is part of the Great Commission at his workplace. So you have your Bibles. Will you please find Matthew chapter 28? That is where we are going to start this morning. So my message today is just simply titled, Always Available. And before we go too far, I want to introduce you to an artist. This artist is kind of cool because he's veiled in mystery. His name is Banksy. Now, Banksy goes around the world and literally puts graffiti art in war-torn places. He makes political statements. And these artworks become iconic of an era, of an area. Now, he also does canvas paintings, and his canvases sell for well over $100,000 each. Well, in October of 2013, he did a little experiment. He had someone set up a booth in Central Park in New York. I have a picture of that. At this booth, each of these paintings is worth over $100,000. And he had a guy sitting there. There's a whole line of people selling crafts. And he charged at a sign saying, Art, $60 each. How many of you wish that you were there that day? Well, the funny thing is they recorded the entire day. Just a guy sitting there. Behind him, millions of dollars worth of art. Hours went by. Hundreds and hundreds of people walked right by until finally this mom who was in town visiting from New Zealand decided to get her children something for their nursery. So she walks up to the booth and she begins to haggle. She ends up getting two for $60. All day long, only six paintings were sold. And at the end of the day, the band stacks up millions of dollars worth of artwork takes it away. Well, the, the Banksy uh, people put this video on the website, and this mom found out that now in her nursery was paintings worth more than her house. Long story short, they sold it for over $200,000, ended up buying a couple hundred acres in New Zealand with it. It was a life-changing experience. But I have a question for you. How would you feel if you saw yourself in that video? Hundreds of people watched this video and said, that, that, that was me. And I walked right by 
this life-changing opportunity. I wish that I had a friend that would call me and say, hey, guess what Banksy's doing? Show up, empty your piggy bank, let's do this thing. You could have been set for life. But you see, people perish for lack of knowledge. And the great commission that Jesus has given all of us is worth so much more than an expensive painting. It is the canvas that can save a very soul. Every person on this planet is going to walk by the gospel at some point. Are we ready? Are we willing? Are we actively engaged in what God is doing? So when they're walking by, we can tell them, hey, this is the painting. This is the masterpiece that is going to change your life. So if you found Matthew 28, we're going to read verse 18. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. This scripture, this commission has sent Christianity from continent to continent, from generation to generation. We have taken this and walked with it. And we are in a world that is ever the more desperate in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we do, where God has planted you, has value beyond what we can show. We are about our Father's business, fulfilling this commission that he has given us. And I believe God has strategically placed you exactly where you need to be. You do not have to go overseas to be a part of the Great Commission unless God's telling you to go there. Then you do because that's where God needs you. So whether you're a pastor, a missionary, or you're just a, a San Antonian, almost said fellow San Antonian, that, that, that used to be me. God has you exactly where he needs you because there's someone in H-E-B today that needs Jesus. That's a grocery store around here for those of you that don't know that. Love talking to people about Jesus in the grocery store. Our first point today is that we have an available authority. You see, the Great Commission isn't just this the suggestion. It's a command from Jesus Christ that we are to fulfill. And he didn't just send us out there. He gave us authority to do it. Now, the word authority doesn't pop up a whole lot in the Gospels. It was a unique word. And I can only imagine that as the disciples are sitting there, and that they're hearing this, that something sparked in the mind, authority. I remember a story about authority. We can find it in Matthew chapter 8. It's where this Roman centurion comes to Jesus saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come, my servant is sick. Will you come and heal him? And Jesus says, yes, I will go. We're going to pick up that story, Matthew 8, verse 8. It says, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a, man, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go when he goes. And this one, come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go. 
Jesus said, go, let it be done just as you believe it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. This centurion saw in Jesus an authority that he recognized. And when Jesus said the word go, power was released. Heaven moved on earth. And Jesus is now standing before his disciples. And that word is there again. Go. Go into all the world. Power was released for the fulfillment of the commission. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ, and in that authority we move. In that authority we walk. In that authority we take up this commission, and in boldness we fulfill it exactly where God has placed us. Authority is available to anyone who takes hold of the great commission and walks in it. Brings us to point two today, the available gospel. I have yet to meet a man, woman, or child who is exempt from the gospel message. There has not been one person in the history of the world that has been so evil, so vile, so fallen, so messed up, so lost, that the gospel of Jesus Christ could not save their soul, turn them around, and make them new. In our church, we have a man who is so in love with Jesus, but if you hear about his past, you'd be scared of him. He was in jail as a convicted felon, dealing drugs and many, many other things. And in that jail, someone introduced him to Jesus Christ. You see, even though someone was in jail, they said, I might be in jail, but I'm not exempt from the Great Commission. Someone introduced this man to Jesus Christ in that prison. And today, hear me, today he is constantly going into the prison, communicating the love of Jesus to other men who, uh, who are where he was. This guy's scary. He was not exempt from the gospel. There is no one that has gone too far. And he said, there's no one that has gone too far. And that includes that annoying family member you have. You thought of someone. I know you did. They haven't gone too far. They are in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wills that no one would perish. So the gospel is available to all. This last year at our missions conference, we had Ken Manley come and share with our missionaries. And, and he showed some statistics that just broke my heart. And I want to share those with you today, not to break your heart, but to get you on board with the Great Commission to a greater extent. Here are the statistics that he shared. He said between 70 and 90% of American Christians have never shared the gospel with another person. There is an attack on the communication of the gospel in this nation that is spreading across this world, this whole idea that, oh, it could be offensive. Well, I'm telling you, if I have a masterpiece that is affordable and available to you and it could change your life and you're going to try to walk by, I'm going to do everything that I can to convince you. No, this is an original basket. You won't change your life. You should buy it. And yet, it is fearful for most people. 75% of regular churchgoers say that sharing the gospel is not important. We assume that people know who Jesus is because they have a nativity scene at their house or because they've seen the movie or because they know of the name 
Jesus. They do not yet know him. We are surrounded by lost people every single day. The opportunities to share the gospel are not small. They're actually great. Hundreds of people walk by, just like people walked by that booth, and they do not take part of the thing that could change their life. 75% of unchurched people have never had the gospel shared with them or been invited to church. We need to train our people, pastors, missionaries. We need to train our people and encourage them, hey, here's how you do it. Go through conversations with them. Give them practical examples of how to invite people to church. Make it as easy as possible for them to invite their friends, their family, and that random checkout person at the store to church. A simple invitation to church can change a life. Could it be that God has placed you where you are on purpose? You see, when you're in the ministry, you just, people just assume that you talk about Jesus all the time, and, and you never get busy, and you never get distracted, and you never have to go to the store, and you're never in a hurry. That's not true. We, as ministers, we get into our world, into our busyness, doing our thing. And sometimes we forget the value of a simple invitation. So I just want to encourage you. This statistic does not have to represent us. As a matter of fact, I know it doesn't represent us in this room. It doesn't represent most of our congregations, but it represents where America is right now. And where America is is where a lot of the world is following. It's clear that we must take the Great Commission more seriously because I believe that San Antonio needs Jesus Christ. For most of my young life, I prayed and I fasted for revival in this town. I have prayed, I have walked streets, and I believe it is still happening, Pastor Matt. I believe there's going to be a wave of new converts coming in, that people are going to take the Great Commission to the streets, that schools are going to get saved. That You're not going to know what to do with them. You're not going to know what to do with them. It's going to be the thing that we've been praying for for our whole lives. It's going to happen here in San Antonio. I have a dream for Wapaka. I have a dream that it will be very hard for anyone from my hometown to go to hell because the church is so good at loving people, so good at communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14. He said, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all Nations will hear it. And then the end will come as you go, as you are about your father's business. We're fulfilling that which he said we are to do. There is a plan for the entire world to know him. But it starts at home. It starts right where God has placed you. Whether you're in a foreign nation or you're right down the road. It starts exactly where you are. Look at Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It starts at home. It starts where your feet are planted. God led you to buy that house in that neighborhood for a reason. He opened that door, that job, for a reason. There's a reason you went to Starbucks today. Because I was tired. That's why I went to Starbucks today. I'm telling you, God has this great plan and he doesn't do accidents. He's purposeful. 
He's intentional. And he plays the long game. See, we want to see salvation happen now. Come on, now. Uh-uh. Plant the seed. Come on, plant the seed. Hey, water the seed. Water the seed. Because the gospel is available. And there will come a day where God brings the increase. And it's amazing. Which brings us to the last point. Available always. You see, Jesus didn't just say, hey, here's this amazing task. Hey, here's the power to do it, and good luck. No, he ends saying, by the way, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He told his disciples, and this, this baffles my mind, but he said, it's better that I go away. Because when I go, I can send the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you, and he will teach you and guide you in all things. Today, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Jesus Christ, God with us, walking with us everywhere we go. He's not just in a church building or in our ministry center or in our outreach place. He is on the street where you live. He's in the store where you go. He's at the gas station when you're there. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. He is always, always available. Look at what Hebrews 13 says. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. It says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. We can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? The number one reason that a person withholds the gospel from another, withholds that attempt, is there's this fear of rejection. What if they reject me? What if they, oh, realize that I'm not perfect? I'll never forget the very first time God asked me to step out of my comfort zone. I was a student right here in town at Clark High School. My story, long story short, I was saved at a young age. In my early teens, I began to drift from God. My heart began to grow cold as I wrestled through the things of life. Then at 15 and a half, I went to this thing called Terremoto. <laughs> and I met a man with a handlebar mustache. I've never been the same. The confused boy who went on that trip came back a man who loved God. And things began to change in my life. God restored my relationship with my family. They, the enemy was trying to break. God took all this stuff out of my life, and I went to school not knowing what to do, but I really love Jesus. Be careful when you love Jesus, because he asks you to do weird things. So there I am at lunch in high school, 15 and a half, and I'm eating my lunch, and God, I'm convinced, highlights this young lady who's walking around the edge of our courtyard. She looked really sad. And I felt that still, small voice say, go invite her to youth group. I was like, yeah, right, that is never happening. I'm not going to do that, God. And I went through this whole checklist. God, look, I know there are better Christians in this school than me. God, I'm convinced if she goes to the store, she's going to run into my youth pastor. He can do it, God. For 10 minutes, I sat there just sweating bullets because I knew what God was asking me to do. But what if she says no? And, and I don't know how to. 
And so at 15 and a half, as awkward as you are at that age, I made my way over to this young lady. Oh, she's going to think I'm going to ask her out. Oh, I don't know what this is. And, and I say, hey. She's like, hi. I said, well, um, uh, uh, w- 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 would you like to come to youth group with me sometime? I was saying, please say no so I can walk away. And to my surprise and total shock, she says, that would be awesome. Well, I arranged a ride for her, and she went to youth group right up this hill. She went one week. She went two weeks. And on the third week, a gospel message was preached. This young lady responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, at 15 and a half, I was not eloquent enough. I didn't know how to do it, but what I did know how to do was lead them to where they would hear it. I understood that this is a church that preached the gospel and is a place that the lost could come because this church has always cared about the Great Commission. And because of the faithfulness of this church, she became a Christian. Life totally turned around. Fast forward three years. I'm now graduating. At my graduation party, she hands me an envelope. Well, I go the next day and I I open it up and it's a handwritten letter that is stained with tears. And as I'm reading this, she reveals a part of her story I never knew. She says, do you remember that day when you invited me to youth group? She goes, what you don't know It's just the month before that I'd gotten pregnant and had a miscarriage. The week before that I'd attempted suicide and I was planning to do it the right way later this week. And then you came and awkwardly invited me to church. You remember that? Smooth. Thank you. It had nothing to do with how great I was. I was, oh my goodness, I was still figuring stuff out. I had acne. I, it was awful. But God doesn't call the perfect. God doesn't call those who have it all together. He calls you and me. And he calls the most simple of Christian who doesn't know much, which was me. I didn't know anything, but I knew I loved Jesus, and I knew I had an answer. I knew that there was something that would change her life if she would take a hold of it. So I have a video today I'd like to show you. This video is from peacewithgod.net. It's a Billy Graham uh, Association website. Little hint, pastors and ministers, if you're ever discouraged, Go to peacewithgod.net. There are three videos you should watch. In 15 years, I have never been able to make it through those three videos without reaffirming my call, without weeping before my Lord, without being encouraged about what he's called me to do. The enemy loves to discourage us, but we are doing amazing things as ministers of the gospel. That's just a little aside. Again, that's peacewithgod.net. And uh, this is the video. It is going to be the most simple video. I just want us to be reminded what the gospel is. If you're a Christian here today, why are you playing this at a missions conference? Because life gets busy and we can forget. We can forget. Budgets come in, complaints come in, this happens, that happens, and we forget. So I'm going to show this video, and as I watch, I just want you to hear afresh the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hear the terminology. If you're a young Christian like I was, hear how it's communicated. It's so 
easy to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. So with that, will you please show that video? Who am I? What is the purpose of my life on, my life on this planet? Many go through life unfulfilled, unfocused, searching. A blank canvas waiting for a picture of purpose to be painted on us. What does it all mean? It was once said that there was a God-shaped blank in all of us. We look for many things to fill this. Friends, fashion, false faith, fornication, and the facade of drug-induced fantasies, but follow me. Follow me to the edge of an abyss where deep down inside we all know something's missing. See, from the moment God spoke time into existence and shaped us with his own hands in his own image, his plan was for man and him to be one. Creator and creation communing together in beautiful harmony. Sounds perfect, right? So what happened? Sin. We're sinners by nature. Sin opened this void. Sin drove us away from our friends. Sin separated us from him. And for many centuries since, we as human beings have attempted to bridge this ever-widening gap with philosophies and religion, wealth and so-called moral decisions. But the divisions became more instilled, that God-shaped hole in our hearts still unfilled, and mankind seemed doomed. Until, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Ye shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Oh, but <laughs> this wasn't no ordinary baby. See, he grew into a boy, then a man, then a preacher, leading a multitude of people with radical and really off-the-wall teachings like, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, turn the other cheek. He's the greatest teacher that ever was. But this was no ordinary preacher. See, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So for our sins, he had to pay the price. <laughs> they put nails in his hands. Betrayed and denied. They hung him high and stretched him wide on a cross for you and I. And over 2,000 years ago, Spike through his side. The son of God, our lamb slain before the world began, died. One of the most agonizing physical deaths that a person can suffer. They buried him in the tomb of a friend, but for three days his mother cried. And for three days his disciples ran, but thanks be to the Most High, that's not how the story ends, because three glorious days later, Jesus rose from the dead again. Oh, but this just wasn't any ordinary sacrifice because he became the way, the truth, and the life. And we now have a way through the Father, through him. Uh, through the cross, uh, we're now able to get across that great divide caused by sin, uh, separating us uh, from him. And he's calling us, but we've got to come. See, the choice is still ours, but he has provided all the love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And if we only believe that Jesus Christ paid this price, Jesus said, ye shall know the truth. No more separation. No more fear of death, no more holes in our heart, but we can now have eternal life. You see, God gave man a choice. You either accept it or reject it. So my conclusion today is so simple. 
but it is this. Jesus gave us his authority and declared he would be with us always so that we could boldly take the gospel to every person. So share the gospel this week with someone who needs Jesus, the Savior, who is always available. This is a great place to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why don't I tell you, so is your neighborhood, so is the grocery store, so is the many opportunities that we have as human beings walking on this earth. And as we as leaders do it, it begins to trickle down to those below us. And then they take suit and take the great commission as their commission. So today I'm here to simply remind you of what we're doing. That the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most valuable thing. It is like a painting on the side of the road and hundreds of people are walking right by it every single day. And God has put you there to say, hey, are you sure you don't want to take part of this? Are you sure you don't want to buy one of these? This is the thing that could change your life. This is how it works. So do not grow weary in well-doing. Continue doing what you are doing with the strength that you have, with the ability that you have. Trust that God is able to use the most awkward situation to bring about eternal glory for someone. It's not about being perfect and having the best PowerPoints. It's not about being the most eloquent. It's about being used and being willing right then. And this is how it happens. You're going to be going and doing something. You're just living your life. And it's like all of a sudden you notice someone. And you're like, all right, I'm supposed to do something. First thing the enemy is going to come and do is tell you you're not worthy. That there's someone better. That's how you know you're on the right track. I want to encourage you, step out in it, continue in it, and never get tired of talking about the Great Commission and what our Jesus did for you and for me. Thank you very much. God bless you.